Hey there, everyone. This is Dave Debo with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure, this is a real treat, to interview Mr. Charles Dobbins because Charles is not only an astute real estate investor himself, but he is a lawyer who focuses on multifamily properties. And anytime I can talk to a real estate lawyer for free is a good day. How are you doing today, Charles? Wait a minute. We never said anything about free here. You're paying me back for this one. And first off, there are two words in the English language that when you're being introduced, you got to be careful about. First off is astute, because that you know you never know what that really means. Astute. The other one that I just heard was seasoned. He's a seasoned investor. You know what that means? It means you're over fifty. Okay, so that's the only reason you use the word seasoned. No wonder everybody keeps calling me seasoned. Then I tell you now. Now yeah, I'm sorry to break it to you, pal, but welcome to the welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Awesome, Charles. So where are you calling in from today? All right. Well, right now I'm in my in my uh, New Hampshire office. I, I have an office down in uh, Duxbury, Massachusetts, as well, where I raised my family and everything. But you know, on the, during the weeks I come up here to New Hampshire, just really as I say, because Donald Trump drove me out of Massachusetts, and you know he, he really did. You know, but I and I know you are up in the fifty-first state. I know we, you guys. We don't like being called that unless we say that ourselves. But yeah, we're we're up here in Canada. A lot of <laughs> exactly, and you know, so I am just next to Maine, yeah, which is also known of as Canada's Florida. So yeah, so that's um, you know, that's where Actually, I'm. I, I think. I think Florida is called Canada's Florida. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I know, and you can always tell the Canadians. You know how you tell the Canadians, Dave. That's the only ones wearing a lot. That's that's one thing. There's some. Uh, they're the only ones wearing speedos. <laughs> that's the French Canadians, man. That's the French. that is true. That is true. That is true. And with a name like Dubo, uh, hello, hello. Hey, I rock a speedo. I rock a speedo. <laughs> I, I've never seen seen a seasoned guy rock a speedo yet. Okay. There you go. Well, I think I do. <laughs> like, hey, remember, I grew up. I grew up here in Nashville, New Hampshire. It's half Canadian, half French Canadian, half uh, Irish Catholic, and uh, yeah, so I know. I know all the like. I couldn't find my shoes, so I go up to my closet, and there they are, gone. You know, so <laughs> I know it all. I know it all. So, Charles, tell us a little bit. How did you get involved in real estate? This whole crazy world of, of real estate in the first place. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I've always wanted to be in this in this space. You know, when I got out of college, I took the path of least resistance, as I call it, and I went in the family business of insurance, which is, you know, I've since found out that if anyone goes into insurance out of college, there's something very wrong with that child. So if you have one, uh, just trust me. That's what's going to happen. But anyhow. No, yeah. please go. Yeah, don't. It's, you know, no, no. What do they say? Friends don't let other friends drive drunk. Parents don't let children uh, get in the insurance business. And so I got into that and did it for about 20 years. And then when I turned 40, I owned my own business. I owned a benefits administration firm. I had about 35 employees working for me. And I hated it. I hated life. I hated going into the office. I, as I, I say in my classes, and this, I, let me tell you, Dave, see how you feel about this. But I one time off the cuff made this statement, and I was shocked at the people's response when I said it. And I said, the worst part of my week was Sunday night. Mm. Okay, now I thought that was a novel concept when I said it. And then I watched heads in the audience just start to bob up and down like, oh, we know what you mean. We know what you're talking Dread, about. Dreading Monday morning, huh? Dreading Monday, because it was always followed by Monday morning. And that was just the worst, because you went in and you just got your head beat in. 
And I hated what I was doing. And I'm sure all of my employees hated what they were doing. And I know that for a fact because when people would leave my company, we, you know, would take back their computer and, you know, just look on the, what their internet searches were. And, and back then, the number one inter internet search was monster.com. You know, <laughs> remember that one? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so, you know, I couldn't blame them. I, I hated that business, too. And so, ultimately, I, I told my wife, I said, I can't do this anymore. I've got I've to get out of this business. She goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to own real estate. I've always wanted to own apartments. And she says, let's do it. And so, you know, as, I, as many people have heard me say, I burnt the ships. And I sold the business, and I got out, and I swore I would never do it again. So that's when we started in the multifamily business. And, and you know, we took off very quickly. And it, it's been fantastic. And, and what I do now is, you know, utilize my law degree to help my clients purchase property the right way. Because believe me, I've made every mistake in the book when it comes to making to buy property. And anyone that tells you they've done everything right is a liar and should not be trusted. Mm -hmm. So what I do now is I, I help my students go from right from the moment they, they, they speak to an owner or a broker how to handle it the right way, all the way to the owner owning your own property management company. I counsel them every step of the way and make sure they do it correctly so they don't make any mistakes. Because I'll tell you, Dave, most of my clients are like you and me. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left. Hey, uh, so, hey, you hey. No, no, I'm sorry, pal. I'm, I'm sorry to have to break it to you and right here on your show. But uh, yeah, I'm keeping it real, pal. I'm keeping it real. Definitely. Too real. A little too real. <laughs> Come on. Go easy on me, would you please, Mr. Dobbins? Yeah, so this is... um you know, what I do now. And I, I, every morning I wake up and I check my phone first thing, what's going on, what's happening. And, and it's, yeah, Mon Mondays are a good day. Right? Oh, Mondays are, not just, are the, probably the best days of the week. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. back. Now I get to talk to you. So yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Absolutely well, love it. So Charles, the, the title you suggested for today's call was, you know, how to, how to own a thousand apartments in five years. Now, obviously, obviously we can't go super in depth in that, but can you give us the 30, 40, 50, 60,000 foot perspective of how yeah. the heck you did that? Okay. Well, here's the thing. How I came up with that hook or that title was when I was doing, uh, and I still do, you know, my, my daily, I do a, a one day uh, training on Saturdays around the country. And to get to know the audience to try to find out what was going on, I would ask everybody, where do you want to be in five years? And people would, you know, I'd, I'd hear all the same answers, no matter where I went. I got the same answer. I want to make $10,000 a month passive income. I want to make $20,000 a month. I want to quit my job. I want to, uh, I want to own, you know, um, you know, 150 units. And there was always someone there that said, I want to own a thousand apartments in five years. And I'd, I'd stop at that person. I think I love that, that drive, that vision, but I'd ask them, I said, so how do you do that? And, you know, their answer would be like, I don't know. That's why I'm here, you know, waiting for you to teach me. And so that's when I realized that there, was, there are so many people that have that as a vision, how to own a thousand apartments in five years that, you know, I want to show them how to do it. And my answer to those people was, well, I'm going to show you how to do it. And it's not as hard as you think. And that's the beautiful thing of just building this business slow and steady and doing it the right way. And to get to a thousand units, all you have to do this year is buy 20. That's all you got to do is buy 20 units. Go and do it. And, and that's, you know, what, what I teach people, you know, because okay, snowball from there. You snowball from there. It's just dump, it's just, you know, compounding 
the number of units. And as I tell people, I said, by the third year, you can quit your job. You will be making enough money as a property manager and other sources of revenue from your properties. You can quit your job and make all your tuition payments, make all your mortgage payments, pay all your bills. You'll live very, very nicely. And, uh, you know, as I also tell them, the first two deals are the hardest deals. Hmm. And once you do the first two deals, you'll be in this business and other people will know it. Deals will drop on your desk because they know you're a performer and it'll it'll just grow that quickly. So, and I I have many students of mine do own over a thousand apartments just following that formula. So it's great. Nice. So Charles, what you're, you're alluding to the fact that you've, you've made a lot of mistakes yourself. You've been coaching, you've been training people besides the legal aspect. What would you say is, if you had to pick one big mistake you see people making over and over again when it comes to multifamily deals, what would it be? Okay. All right. I, what, like, it's like you knew the answer to this question, and it was just like a segue into, into what you do. So the answer is that they, they treat this business like it's a one-legged stool. Like all they have to do is look for deals. Mm. No. As much as you look for deals, you got to look for money, and you've got to look. And uh, you know, I had a student on my um, podcast the other day, and and he's now helping people find money. And he said the easiest time to look for money is when you don't need it. Yeah, same best time to borrow money from a bank too, right? Yeah, I know. Like right now, I don't need any money, but they're all beating down my doors. Like I don't want to borrow money. I'll pay cash for everything. So yeah, but that's exactly the way it works, and. That to me is the biggest mistake that I see students making is they're just, they're just treating this business like it's a one-legged stool. And also, you've got to look at it like, hey, we're building a business. This is not a one, you know, one-off deal. In order to get to 1,000 units, it isn't just little old me sitting at the kitchen table. It's my staff and my vision and my plan and my systems for running the business to run 1,000 units. So that's how you do it. All right. That makes sense. Mm. Now, another question I've got for you because, again, as you alluded to, I'm I'm up in Canada, help people raise. I didn't even money. allude to that, Dave. I flat out I told them. No, you you, 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 you said just, the fifty first state, but uh, we'll we'll let you slide with that one. <laughs> hey, do you still get mad when we make, when we make fun of your money? Well, no, we can't really because yours is worth thirty percent more than ours. Oh well. wow, okay, I wasn't looking at it that way. Yeah, but yeah. someone told me that Canadians get mad when we talk. We think that your money is like cartoon money with the colors and the. And somebody made a very good, very good point is, hey, one of the nice things about that type of currency is you can tell what bill it is just yeah, by looking exactly. at it. We have a hard time with your money because a 20 looks the same. Exactly. exactly. And the fact that it's 30% more valuable. So there you go. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> we put up with it. We, we enjoy it. Anyhow, back, back to the question. Yes. So the, one of the big challenges I see with people trying to raise money up north here is they a big mistake is they go after the general public when they're not really set to do that. They're not set up with a syndication. They're not licensed to do it. They're, they're putting themselves at risk with the up here in Canada, the securities commission. What would you say when it comes to raising capital for deals is one of the biggest mistakes you see people making when they're, you're trying to raise money for apartment buildings down south? First off, not treating it professionally. I, you know, I see people, going out there and, well, you know, he's my brother. He's just going to, you know, give me the money. I said, well, what documentation do you have for, for the deal? Well, he's my brother. I mean, you know, yeah, handshake. Well, he's my brother. I'm not going to uh, worry about it. It'd be fine. Listen, the problem is not going to be with your brother. 
the problem is going to be with your brother's widow's next husband. Uh-huh, yeah. You're going to be partners with him. Show me the deal. Show mm -hmm. me what the contract says. And then when they say, when you put it that way in real life context, because, you know, as they, they talk to in the insurance business, the person you're speaking to is never the one that's going to die. It's always his partner that's the one that's going to die. Right. And so you, you know, when you put it in that context, then they get the vision for why you need to cross your T's and dot the I's and get the documents correctly. So that, that's, that's one of the mistakes I see people make, just winging it. Well, I don't want to. So, so there you go. There, your, your insurance background has come in handy. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Help helping people understand why we do what we do. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of that. Uh, I mean, I've been training all my life for this, Dave. This is uh, you know, this is what I was meant to do and, and it's all come together nicely. So uh, well, it sounds like you really hit the ground running very quickly. Tell us a little bit about that journey for yourself. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, it actually did happen that way. You know, I, I've kind of, got the training from different sources and, you know, got involved in it very quickly, you know, realized that, that this is really nothing more than a sales and marketing business. And having been in the insurance business, that was what I, what I would do every day. Mm -hmm. You know, you were constantly selling your offers. You have to get out there and make offers and sell your offers. And, and you know, you don't make a sale until the owner says yes. And then you, you've got a client, you, could, you know, just like in the insurance business. And so, you know, early on, I knew that I had to make offers and I was making offers every single week. And we met a broker, really nice woman. She's Eleanor. I think her name was Eleanor. She said, okay, you know, I sat down with her. I told her what we we're looking to do. And she's okay. Okay. I know what you're looking for. And when I find it, I'm going to call you. And when I call you, get your checkbook ready. Cause you're going to be writing a check. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be like that. That's a real broker. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's a real broker. I'm like these brokers today, but don't get me started. She, she went out and um, two weeks later, she calls me up and says, I found it. I found your property. Come on out and see it and write a check. And so we went out and took a look at it and it was a, it was a 40 unit class A property up in Michigan, which is where we had a whole bevy of investors all ready to go. I thought, oh man, this is, this is perfect. So we look at it and we put the earnest money deposit down. We write the, we do everything we're supposed to do. I mean, we made tons of mistakes along the way, but we went through the whole process and we, within the first six months of me selling my insurance business, I owned a 40 unit apartment complex. Nice. And then there was an 88 unit across the street owned by the same guy. The bank was, you know, in, in Cahoots, not in Cahoots, well, it feels like they're in Cahoots, but they didn't like that owner. They were, you know, telling them, to, trying to boot them. So they came to us because they liked my balance sheet and they said, hey, would you be willing to buy that 88? And I said, well, you know, I have no more friends and I have no more family to put up the money. So I'm kind of tapped after my 40 unit. And they said, well, what, how much would you need? I said, I, I need about three quarters of a million dollars to do this deal. And they said, well, what if we lent it to you? And I was like, wait a minute, let me see if I understand this correctly. You're telling me you're going to do this deal 100% financing and we can buy this property? And the woman said, absolutely. So I said, hold on one second. I put the phone on my chest as I said to my wife, who was a banker. I said, honey, they want to give us the 100% financing to do this deal. What should I tell them? And she said, ask them how quickly we can close. And so, you know, within nine months, I owned 128 units. And, you know, mistakes were made in hindsight, I would have done things entirely different, differently. But the fact is that I want people to, 
to glean from this is unless you're making offers, this is nothing more than a very expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. You gotta make offers. If I didn't make those offers, nobody would know that I'm in this business. So make the offers. You gotta, you gotta cut the wood. Makes sense. Yep. All right, like I told you at the beginning, buddy, this, the time flies by, which means we get the, the privilege, hopefully, of, of having another conversation with you a little further down the line. Oh, yeah, in, sure. in the meantime, I know you're, you're very active helping students and, and working with the investors that want to get into multifamily investing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how people can find out more about you and if you've got any free resources, anything like that for folks. Yeah, if you go to my website, I got tons of free stuff. If you go on my YouTube channel, I have, you know, I tell people over a thousand videos I've shot in this business. If I go to multifamilyinvestingacademy.com, see how I happen to have this. And, and David, just so, so you people know, the beautiful thing about my business, I tell, as I say, is that I can, I can do it anywhere in the world. And so it, when I drop this, you know, right, then I'll, you'll see that I'm actually sitting in a food court in a mall in New Jersey right now. And that's the nice thing about, about what we do. So the multifamilyinvestingacademy.com is, is my training program, my training course. I mean, the, the, the program that I sell and that I teach, I use to work with students is called the Owner Forum. Best group of people uh, you could ever imagine. They're all friends. They all communicate. You know, as, as I've been on the call here, I've been watching the chatter go back and forth among my students on Slack. And it's just a great group of people. And my job is to protect them and take them every step of the way through the transaction. So, yeah, that's that's. And so if you're looking for freebies, go to my website and just sign on up and you'll get tons of free stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, it's very nice to meet you virtually, and uh, thank you very much for your insights. Well, hold on. Let me just say that, that uh, just so the audience understands the backdrop, you told me that I'd have like 73 questions you're going to throw at me, and I thought it was going to be like that. My wife told me about the Vogue YouTube channel. Have you heard about this one? No. This is where Vogue shows up at a celebrity's house with a camera, handheld camera, walks that walks does a tour of the, of the celebrity's house and asks them like 73 questions and it all happens within five minutes and then they're done they're out the door and my wife says it's a, it's a great thing so i thought oh my gosh dave dubois dubois must have must have done the same concept and now you know, i look like the kind of guy that watches vogue on youtube I'm, I'm no, no, but maybe you have a wife who tells you about it like i do <laughs> Good times. Thank you very much, my friend, and thank you, everybody, for watching this week's episode. Take care. Thank you, David. Better blast. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.